Hello, and welcome to OKC Span, the only podcast called OKC Span. Hello. Hi. Hey, guys. Hey, it's me, Marty, your old buddy, guy who likes to uh, whisper in your ear sweet nothings about the mayor. <laughs> um, welcome to episode four of OKC Span podcast edition. Um, last, uh, this, today is the 10th of August, I believe. And so the third episode came out today and that was recorded probably close to a month ago. So today I've got my friend and yours joining to joining in the co-host seat. This is, uh, the much beloved Lucas Dunn. Lucas, welcome to OKC Span. Howdy partners. Thanks brother Marty for having me on here. (sighs) Absolutely. Happy to, uh, always happy to see Lucas. Uh, Lucas would point out, this is two days in a row. Yeah, we got, uh, we got brunch yesterday. If, I mean, I don't know, it's not like brunch brunch. We didn't have mimosas. It was but like 1230 in the Yeah, we had time. breakfast in the afternoon. Yeah, we had breakfast <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, that's what we did. Brunch enough. Which is fine, because Jimmy's Egg is a, a shining, a shining example of Oklahoma City-based businesses. Um, yeah, we ate at Jimmy's Egg, and I'm not ashamed to advertise for them. They don't pay me for that. Oh, I love them. They're I great. They're, they're, yeah, like I said, they're a shining star. They're a shining know? star in the service industry in Oklahoma City. In the breakfast world of Oklahoma. Eggs and potatoes. <laughs> we ended up, one of the waitresses, we were talking about horror films, and yeah. then after the, the breakfast, we went to go grocery shop. <laughs> And we she ran us to her there. Grocery store. <laughs> We'd known, I, like we walked, uh, folks. I, I don't want to make too big of a deal. <laughs> I'm sure you haven't heard, but I've been sick lately, and uh, it was like we walked up to Homeland from downtown or from Midtown, and uh, that's not really in my best interest to do that kind of thing. And then I ended up getting stuck up there because the bus. Deliberately, I'm going to say, tell you that the number five bus uh, at 3 p.m. on the 9th of August, 2023, deliberately left me standing at a bus stop. Anyway, I ended up walking home, and that was a mistake. Uh, it was but, hot. It yeah. was bad. So if I had known she was going to Homeland from there, I would have been like, hey, yo, Stacy, give us a She would have given us a ride, too, because yeah. she's super sweet. But uh, that's just something I like about Oklahoma City, honestly. Biggest uh, small town in America exactly is what I call right. it. Uh, this, and it's, it's true in the good ways and the bad ways that that means. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like the uh, weird, gov- the, the government here works like it's a small town. Like the, <laughs> the city government uh, has, a, has the budget of five or six Shawnees, but it sure does act exactly like there's like five five idiots who get to choose because I'm there or something. But, uh, um, but uh, yeah, since uh, Lucas is here, uh, and he'll be with us again in the future, uh, Lucas is like family. So um, we are not going to eat on this podcast, um, even though 
He likes to chew on microphone, he said. Not on a microphone, but on mic. He doesn't mind eating and chewing. I told him that's the kind of thing that makes me want to kill myself. I'm drinking a kombucha. I'm going to keep it real quiet. That's fine. You can drink. Just, you know, if you're like... <laughs> I, I did that while he was taking. Don't tempt me. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, something that I try to avoid is making this noise when I'm when I'm talking. Is going. So we're going to do that. I don't really do it that often, but I hear like the mayor does it uh, during city council, and I like whatever. It's fine because there's a lot going on there, and also let me just say it doesn't matter. People. People can make that noise. <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not some fascist who's like gonna make people stop making mouth noises. I just don't wanna listen to it, but. I only make that particular sound when my cat is being bad. <laughs> and it's like, Charlie, you're being bad boy. And I gotta do the, the, yeah. the sound that cats do not like. <laughs> is that the sound that I don't, I just know I'm they, not gonna make the sound. Oh, in case anybody's listening yeah. with their speakers on and they've got a cat in the room, you might yeah. wanna cover your cat's ears. It goes like this. No, I don't know what it is. Oh, that noise. I thought that was or a like computer. A you know, oh, okay. You know. Yeah, when DJ... Kind of got to hiss at him a little bit, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, fair enough. I tell you... Uh, Snap your fingers. I'm not a cat. Like, I'm not... Well, I don't hate cats. I just don't... I'm kind of allergic to them, so I've never really had them, and I don't... Uh, I'm allergic, but I love them. Yeah, you... Yeah, you They're really my little weirdos. Cats. Yeah, so... We are going to talk more about pets in our future. I just got a new pet, and yeah, I'm very got, excited about it. You got that. your own little Charlie, too. He's a little Charlie, too. His name <laughs> Charlie Brown. Um, he's, a big, he's a big baby. He's a 35-pound dumb kid. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I wanted to get back, since it's been a month since uh, recording, I kind of want to just get back to... Uh, some recent stuff that's transpired that I think uh, is worth all of us kind of paying attention to and for the community to like keep like keep on your radar like I don't want any of this to kind of slip away from us but uh, so uh, most significantly what's happened since the last time uh, last time uh, I recorded a podcast episode is that the new DA Vicky Behenna dropped all the charges against the police officers who murdered Stavian Rodriguez and also Benny Edwards, um, the Oklahoma City Police Department. I'm just going to talk about Oklahoma City. I'm not going to talk about the village or Edmond because I just don't have the bandwidth right now. But yeah, these these OKC police officers had all charges dropped, even though uh, they murdered they murdered a kid, and they murdered a disabled man. I mean, they murdered him, and I I, I can't put too fine a point on that. Um, all the charges dropped, so we, and you know, it is well established, I think, on this podcast and elsewhere that I am. Uh, an abolitionist. I'm a prison abolitionist. I don't believe in prisons. I don't believe in jails uh, in a conventional sense. Uh, and so that's been kind of difficult to navigate, like my personal feelings and honestly, just like a very human desire for revenge uh, as opposed to uh, 
uh, a higher desire for 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 justice and for for seeking what justice might look like in that situation i've got a lot of anger about it and i'll confess to you listener we actually uh, lucas and i sat here for about 15 minutes and i stopped it and started over because i was uh uh just really just railing against a few police officers and while i don't think anything i was saying was wrong this is pretty unfocused for a conversation of, of any uh, productive value so obviously there's a problem with the policing here but what i really want to talk about today lucas uh is what this might what this might have us, uh, it might lead us to speculate about the new DA, Vicky Behenna. Um, I don't, uh, I'm gonna invite you to just interject at any point if you have any questions, if you have any points to make, if you disagree with me, if you, I don't know, you, you thought of a funny joke, you feel free to, <laughs> to jump in on anything. But. I, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know much about Behenna. Um, just, I mean, like, one, my level of, like, keeping up with local politics is, like, dumb enough to where, like, I know what a district attorney is and, you know, <laughs> like, vaguely, but it's, like, I don't know a lot about, like, just, like, who these, who this person is. I do remember whenever um, they were elected, it seemed like a lot of people that were like kind of like politically maybe towards the left were like uh, had some optimism that mm -hmm. like that maybe there would be some changes um, with right. with and but like setting a precedent like this of just like disgusting qualified immunity mm -hmm. um, and just saying I mean just giving these people. Um, just fucking time off work and free. Yeah, a couple of years of pay to not work, and then now uh, a little bit more, a little bit more free pay uh, without work while they go to a class that will change nothing. Because I mean, like uh, when I bartended, I mean, just imagine. <laughs> I, 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 th I think about this a lot, like with like qualified immunity things. So, like, say if I'm behind the bar, and um, the, you know, you got the tip jar on the bar, people put cash in, and I see someone kind of dunking their hand in there, but I think, oh wait, maybe they're trying to take money out, and mm -hmm. I have no proof at all, and I just jump across the bar and mm -hmm. like just murder them just beat them to death because i think that they're like a thief or something uh and then the bar who just like give me paid time off and then pay for all of like my legal fees and then after everything i'm found innocent and they give me my job back after going to class like that does not happen in like any other <laughs> real life job other than like police and right it's uh, and, and and also, I mean, just the way that like the media covers it. I mean, just the, the so with like qualified immunity, you know, whenever like you always see like so like whenever there's uh, you know like a, like a cop murders somebody, and it's like mm -hmm. um, they use that passive voice of mm -hmm. police involved shooting. Ooh. How were the police involved yeah. in this? And it's that passive yeah. voice that like so I 
what how I've learned as like a as an editor and a writer to like avoid that is like think about the Yakov Smirnov if he would say uh, in Soviet Russia officer involves <laughs> shooting with you or you right, know yeah <laughs> uh, and so I mean like the or especially I mean this is a national media but I mean our local media how they cover too it's like you mm. can't say. Um, police murdered someone because that's what happened right that's like factually correct well but you can't cover it that I, way I think or allegedly i mean you have to use the allegedly right. but i i would accept i would accept uh police kill 15 year old robbery suspect yeah but that that is a factual headline um but uh Teen dies in officer-involved shooting is just, I, it, it, it ruins credulity to me. Like, why would I listen to anything else you said? You've already said, like, that. I mean, you've already given a pass to the the people who are armed. They aren't like the the uh, violent arm of the state. You've given them a pass already, and they're the ones that should have the most scrutiny. But instead, like, the media frames it in a way where, like, the onus is on the person who got shot and not the, not the one holding the gun, you know. Yeah. And, and, and generally, like, both as a, as a reporter and, and as somebody who consumes a lot of news and has a great deal of respect for colleagues and people who have been at this for a lot longer and are a lot better at it than I am, I have a lot of respect uh, uh, for... A, for most of them, but like, this is a problem in the news in general, is serving power. It's a problem with everything, but you know, especially in the, in the situation we find ourselves in now in America, uh, pertaining to just the uh, late stages of capitalism, having just, just con like the monster has consumed almost everything, and that includes news media in a way that print media is really dying. Um, and there are so many, like, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna shout out to my man, Brett Dickerson with OKC Free Press. There are so few outlets and organizations like that that aren't kind of like ruled by the whims of, of the wealthy. Um, so it is just, it's frustrating in this circumstance though because I mean like I'm I'm a professional writer also and so mm -hmm. but I, and I'll have to do like promo things but right. I mean it's all soft you know I'm not like doing it's I write for Edible OKC and so it's like you know I, I might have to write an ad for Hal Smith Group or whatever right. and it's right. like I mean it's like they pay our bills and that's it's like that's harmless in a way right. it's not like you're gonna like, but it's like the police if aren't they paying killed your, somebody you're not gonna like sanitize them for it I yeah. mean, that's just it's just such a different animal right but if like, yeah if, i mean if you write for like the oklahoma and the police aren't paying your bills you know like no. you don't you don't have to you don't have to like cover for them yeah i think uh i i am not an expert on media and i don't want to ever pretend like i am just because i do cover news i'm like i didn't go to j school I don't even have a degree in anything uh, except for life. I went to the school of hard knocks. <laughs> Our colors were black and blue. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I mistrust access journalism. Mm -hmm. And I think access journalism results in 
lopsided reporting uh, and uh, and tends to feed into itself and weaken itself uh, precipitously. Uh, and so I, obviously I don't practice access journalism because I'm an asshole and I'm like loud about it and like I like I'll I'll call one of the city councilors a motherfucker on Twitter or whatever and so guess what I'm not getting interviews with them you know it's like access is an important part of it but like when you are uh, pulling your punches as a reporter so that you can maintain uh, access to what you know like well am I going to call the mayor out for doing dirty or am I going to maintain my relationship with the mayor so I can keep getting interviews in the field. Well, if he doesn't ever want to talk to me again because I've called him out for being shitty, well, fuck him. That's my, I mean, I'm in a unique opportunity to do that, of course. Uh, but so when, say for example, when, uh, when Chad was killed, uh, Chad Epley was killed uh, while riding his bike, a lot of the news coverage talked about him not having a helmet on. Mm -hmm. That's fucking bullshit. You know what? Nothing would have been different if Chad had been wearing a helmet. The fact is, it, it was terrible. What happened was terrible. And no amount of high-vis clothing or helmets or safety gear or headlamps or any of that would have changed the fact that this driver was negligent and killed a member of our community. Like every so, every cycling and like pedestrian story like that, it's that same story of like it's like they it's it's again that they, they put the onus on the victim. Yes, I mean even like so like Stavian, he had a gun, he dropped it, mm -hmm. right? But he put it he, on the ground. He put it on the ground, but he had a gun, yeah. so he was. Oh, yeah, he had he had uh, tried to rob a place. That's not uh, it's not actually a capital offense in the United States. Yeah, and like. And so, and this is, again, this is a child. Uh, I guess this is literally a child. It's a 15-year-old kid. And I know he's, he's a tall kid. He's a healthy kid, um, but a kid. Uh, and to, to somehow blame a 15-year-old for making a bad decision when there are 30 adults with weapons surrounding him, and we don't talk about their really permanent bad decision like that's oh, not but we fair. always talk about it with cops though where it's like well do you know how stressed you know how hard this is you get you know a much pressure fucking job. you know how much pressure they're under and it's like well I, yeah if you can't handle the fucking pressure why brooks, are you I hate that nothing shit. for me that brooks nothing for me every job i've ever had when i was overwhelmed somebody was going to say well have you thought about getting a different job and you know what nobody was ever in danger of me killing them in any of my jobs. So I just kind of, yeah, oh, you were scared? Yeah, what? seems like uh, being a cop might be scary. So if you're scared, maybe you're in the wrong profession. You baby. You, it's, it's just such like, oh, the biggest, toughest alphas are so scared. God, I just, I just, I have no fucking tolerance. And, and like to, I mean, to go back to like the bartender metaphor, man, I mean, I, I was mm. constantly having to, you know, you have to deal with like just like drunk, aggressive people yes. all the time and you have to be just nice. You know, you've got to follow the Dalton rules mm -hmm. and like, um, and hey, just hey, like, Lucas, uh, what okay, is can the I Dalton rule? Uh, be nice until it's time to not be nice. Nice. And I'll tell you when it's time to not be nice. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody calls your mother a whore, is she? You know. 
Uh, Roadhouse, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, yes, uh, but, as you were but, saying, though. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, I would have to, I mean, and I'm a little, I've never been in a fist fight in my life. I mean, other than really? just, like, fighting with my brother oh, or something okay. as a kid. But not, you know, it's not like a street fight no. or nothing like that, you know. Like, I've never been in a fight because, you know, and I've had to deal with, like, just, like, drunk, big, aggressive, macho, alpha jocks at bars mm-hmm. um but i know how to like just de-escalate things and it's like you know okay like we're you're cut off have a glass of water go home you know mm-hmm. and i've never called the cops or nothing no. never had to like get physical and like police could they couldn't even do that job they couldn't even no. like bartend at an applebee's or whatever <laughs> without like just like breaking somebody's arm i would like to see Every police officer have to take a six-month stint being the bartender at a cop bar. <laughs> See how shitty it is. But you, no, you're right. Like, uh, uh, it seems like I don't know. I, I've had clients in the past who have had violent tendencies. I do not blame a single one of them because, I, like desperation uh creates uh, desperate conditions create desperate reactions that's all uh i mean i had one client in particular who pulled a knife on me a big knife like like crocodile underneath big knife (laughs) pulled a knife on me in my office he was between me and the door and he was i'm gonna say he was not entirely in his right mind it was the depth of summer he was using and things were not going well in his life and he was under great duress he pulls this big knife out and this is a guy who i happen to know stabbed his stepfather when he was a child stabbed him like a dozen times almost killed him like he's not afraid to use his knife you know what i didn't do i didn't kill him i didn't kill him somehow we both walked out of that room safely talking to each other his knife back in his bag where it belongs now why could i do that and a cop couldn't now let me tell you if i was wearing a a uniform and a badge and had a gun on my hip that story would have gone a lot different too because he wouldn't have been sitting there talking to me and having a decent conversation to begin with uh, because he's not going to trust the police and uh he's got good reason uh but as far as the, yeah, let's get back to the DA. I could obviously, obviously, I can talk about the policing side of this for a long time. Oh, yeah. Very clear uh, beliefs and feelings about that and facts to back up most of those. But, uh, uh, and statistics, you know, statistics, those are good. But now let's talk about the DA, though. Uh, you mentioned earlier that when she was running it seemed like people were really like in central oklahoma people center to left were showing some enthusiasm uh and were really pushing i mean some people on the i I would even say active on the left were 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 campaigning for her Mm -hmm. and a lot of that had to do with first of all the fact that uh she was whoever was going to win was going to replace a sociopath i I mean like prater uh was really uh he's really terrible for our whole (laughs) 
for a whole community, right? Um, I talked about this on the last episode, actually, that like, so uh, he was not going to run again, so we had that going for us. But then we look, and, and, and who is going to run to replace him is one of the greatest arch villains in recent central Oklahoma history, Kevin Calvey. Mm, yeah, and, yeah. And I thought he was a shoe in. Honestly, I thought, I thought he was, he was winning too, and I was very concerned about that. Well, you know, he went and talked to like he he had to sit down with a bunch of public defenders and a bunch of defensive like private defense attorneys and talk to talk to them about what like like that he didn't want to waste time trying to prosecute uh, women trying to get abortions. That was a pretty huge concern at that point. Uh, news has moved quick, so apparently nobody cares about that anymore. It's not true. People should still care about it, and I know a lot of people do. But, uh, yeah, so he was a scary, like, kind of a boogeyman that we were looking at uh, in our very likely near future. And so we get this option of somebody who we realize, oh, she's different, she's better, and she could win. Let's invest over here. Um, now she's done. She's been a cop in the past. She uh, was the head prosecutor on Timothy McVeigh. Um, but she also has a son who uh, was accused and convicted of committing war crime. And was pardoned by the last president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, uh, and so. That's something that people are using as a proof text now of like, yeah, we should see, we should have known she was going. Yeah, I don't think trying to keep your kid from being in prison for the rest of his life is like the work of somebody who's, you know, they, that doesn't signify that somebody's evil. <laughs> but, uh, but but listen, we trusted her, we trusted her, and she, the sociopath filed these charges and she dropped them. I, like that is that is not what we thought we were going to get from her. Well, and especially with the circumstances of this, of like her hiring um, that consultant. Oh yeah. And just like well, oh, you know, yeah. I want someone who's like neutral and is a third party. And it turns out that this person was like a she Los comes. Angeles like cop for like 26 years or something. Yeah. Who's like like his job now basically is getting cops off the hook. Yeah. And but she, you know, in a press conference and everything, she was talking about it as if he was some uh, neutral, like you know. Right. And it's like, no, you hired someone to um, to to prove the the thing that right. Uh, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, to, to confirm what you what yeah to know, confirm the, the bias. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. Well, go figure. There, there probably aren't a whole lot of consultants out there to look at these things who, who are people who have been ag against excessive policing, right? Like it's well, at generally going to be get a, jobs, right? Yeah, the ones no, get hired. <laughs> but, uh, you know what you do is you work for a living and then you go into consulting. That's what people, you know, I, I wouldn't say most of those jobs are working for a living, but they do the job and and make more money than they should, but. Uh, do you know how much? I, this is just—I don't know if you have an answer. It doesn't matter. Do you know how much money? Like, it starts at fifty, I think. Like but, the sit, that, that OKC paid yeah. this guy. Uh, do you and, know? Oh, what they paid? Oh, what they paid the consultant? Yeah. No, and that wasn't OKC. That was the county. Or the but, county. Uh, yeah. But still, uh, I'm not sure if that'd be a matter of open record or not. I'll have to—I'll have to check that out. That's a good question. Uh, let me write a note about that. How much? 
uh, cost for the consultant. Um, Sounds like we probably, I assume we paid a lot of I'm money I'm sure we for got that. soaked. Uh, we always do. Uh, that, that's what government, Mencken said that government is brokerage and pillage. And that's what I really, that's where you see the difference. The real difference between uh, which party gets elected is who gets to rip us off. <laughs> Does that sound libertarian? <laughs> <laughs> I have a few things in common with libertarians. Basically, that I don't trust these motherfuckers to use our money properly. Let me do it. I want more taxes. I just want them to get used well. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I don't know how much that costs. But, yeah, I did just basically tell me I can drop this. You can drop it. Okay. And now I'm going to go to the press conference. I'm going to act like I'm sad about it. But you did it. You did it. You don't get to pretend like you're sad. You don't get that. You don't. You know, I don't even need an explanation from you. You made the decision. You could have. You could have pushed it. You could have stuck with it, and you didn't. And that. Uh, it's beyond disappointing because I. I mean, I'll tell you. I've supported. I supported. Uh, Behena. I, I. I voted I for voted. her. Yeah. I. I encouraged other people to vote for her. I. You know, like. Anytime I was asked, I'd tell, that's who I'm voting for, here's why. And now I'm, not, I'm just not sure. But Calvi said that he was going to drop these charges. I, let me just point that out. Uh, he said he was going to, period. Um, and that was part of why I wouldn't vote for him. But, like, you know, is he, would, he, would he have actually been worse? I, you know, I, we don't, the jury's out, it's early days. But like, what really concerns me is if that is this: if she is that willing to easily, in uh, relative to anything that any hard decisions I have to make, uh, she relatively easily decided to drop these charges uh, and to betray, basically, to you know, not to be too grand, you know, highfalutin about it, but. Uh, to betray justice that way. Well, what, does it not even have a trial? You know, like, not, yeah, yeah, not you know, it's yeah. like to, to that point where like she can just basically say right. she's just like, ah, you know what? Like we're not even we're not even going to let the public decide. Yeah, we're not even going to put it in front of a grand jury, which yeah. is a great way that DAs usually get away with not doing anything is by saying, well, you know, they shift blame on. I said, at least you have a, like a dog and pony show, yeah, you know, yeah. to like just I, yeah, be like, well, you know, I we tried, of, of, you know. Of, not taking uh, responsibility for it, but like, here's my thing, and it's why I, I don't like the, my, my instinct is to shut up about Vicky Behenna, and here's why, because Julius Jones is still wrongly imprisoned uh, for, for a crime he didn't commit, and I had I, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I had great hope that she would come into office and at the very least release the court records, release all the records from the DA's office. That's something that Prater refused to do the whole time. She could do that. We at least need that. And what we really need is some more. But at least that, well, are we going to get anything from her? I mean, she's already, she's already showed that she's not who she was telling us she was. Um, and so, and it makes me really hesitant to criticize her because way more important than any of my work, like my job as Marty from OKC's fan, Marty reporter, whatever, way important than that work, more important than that work is 
Julius's freedom. Um, my, I mean, by now it doesn't seem like she has any moral obligation to. I mean, her personally does not seem like someone she's seems like she has that obligation because I mean oh, I, I, I feel like after this like I mean I'm, she does have a, I mean a moral obligation but Morally, I'm saying like yeah. <laughs> I, but I'm saying does she personally right. you know feel that way where because I mean especially after uh, you know Stitt made his decision and I I would assume by now she's just basically like well case closed nothing I could do my hands are tied I'm done you know because I, I mean the way that she handled it with the with these police mm -hmm. um, it, I mean clearly she's not seeking you know she's not looking any to, justice yeah, regarding it, police I can't say she's not looking to the community that that I'm part of uh, for insight I'm not saying she's not I haven't heard about it now I believe that she probably she probably called Cameo and maybe even talked to Cam Cameo Holland as Stavian's mother. Um, I bet that she probably tried to talk to her probably the same day just to say, hey, I want you to know I've made this hard decision, whatever, uh, and maybe to Benny's family and maybe the family of the man that the village police killed. Um, she said so. She said she talked to families uh, during the press conference, whatever. I don't think she would say that without it being partially true, at least. But uh, other than that, um, would you just say something to me? Go ahead, say something to me. Oh, I think my headphones just cut out. Oh, okay. Maybe Wait, my mic can hear me. I can hear you great, but... Uh, okay, I mean, I can hear without. We can just keep going. Okay, okay. Um, your levels are good, so it'll be fine. And we're not going to cut this out just because uh, last couple of episodes you hear me clap and go, Stephen, cut this out. And then <laughs> Stephen was too busy. Okay, I can hear again now. Okay, good. Um, so, okay. Um, yeah, we just don't know. Uh, we don't know what she's going to do. And I don't know that she's been talking to anybody in the community, a lot of whom helped her get elected. And so that's something that... Sooner or later, that'll have to be brought to bear, but there are a lot of people involved in that that right now it's just not a good time because we've got so many other things that we need to happen that, like, uh, for some folks, crossing any other people with power is just not an option right now. So we'll see. I do think, um, regardless, we are going to have to get on and stay on her bumper about Julius. Um, but I, I have more thoughts about that, of course, of course I do, uh, you know, but let's just, you know, I don't want to run out of time. Let's talk about, I've got two other things to talk about, but let's focus on the more important of the two, even though it's not about Oklahoma City, but it, as goes Tulsa, so goes Wichita Falls. I don't know, someplace, <laughs> someplace could follow Tulsa's example. So, um, Mayor G.T. Bynum of Tulsa. He guy, seems really cool. Oh, he seems so cool. Like, he's like a, a cool is mayor. Is he in a band? Yeah. No, it's funny. Like, he's, uh, like, as far as, uh, like, public enjoyability, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he is a far cry from our mayor. 
the Instagram selfie mayor himself, uh, way cooler than G.T. Bynum, but he doesn't have the power. Uh, also, I'd say a major, one of the most important distinctions, I mean, it's really a Mutt and Jeff kind of situation, <laughs> mayor, <laughs> mayor Bynum. It's like, he's tall, he's short, he has hair, he's bald, you know, like, he has eyesight, this guy's got glasses like a nerd, you know. Uh, Holt suits fit. <laughs> my, my favorite joke to make about G.T. Bynum is that he looks to me like he every time he's wearing a suit, it's like his big brother's suit that he had to borrow because they never. And the further he gets from City Hall, the larger the suit gets. So by the time he gets to Oklahoma City, he actually looks like the kid at the end of Big. <laughs> He's anyway. more off the rack, and then Holt probably yeah. at least has a tailor. He's got a tailor, yeah. yeah. I mean, he makes a lot more money uh, from a lot more sources. I, I will say something about about him and Tulsa is that I get the vibe that Tulsa actively dislikes Bynum more than Oklahoma City dislikes Holt. Hmm. That might that might actually be true. Uh, I see more Tulsans complaining about Bynum, whereas like Holt, there's like it seems like a very small minority of us that like see through his bullshit. Right, Holt has the liberals of Oklahoma City fooled uh, into thinking that he uh, cares. He's about, on our side. That he cares he's about cool. people. Yeah, he's good. Definitely doesn't have anybody on my side convinced that he's on my side, but but like the middle who. Th- the people who are in the middle uh, who think that they're the left <laughs> because they voted for Biden. Yeah, the, yeah uh, the people that like every day will tweet about like, actually Biden's economy is really good right, right now. And, or, you know. Yeah, and they've got a sunflower and a Ukraine flag in their, in their bio <laughs> yes. now. Those people. Um, it, yeah, we, we, so Holt has fooled those people um, some of them he hasn't fooled. Some of them just embrace, like, yes, I love a conservative dude who uh, will also go in the pride parade. That's it, you know. But, it reaches across the aisle. Sure. Um, yeah, reaches around the aisle. I don't know what that means, but it sounds funny to me. So Bynum, on the contrary, there's n- there's nobody, like, liberal that I've heard of. Like, he doesn't have a big supporter, like a big support base among the liberals that I know of. And certainly among the left, which, let's face it, I'm in a bubble. I don't know enough about Tulsa to be, like, like the... I'm not an expert, that's all. Uh, But I'll rely on people like... I got the vibe when he was, like, elected. People thought he was cool mayor. I, like so that, that crowd that we're talking about. I don't you know? know if I was around when that happened. Uh, I, I think a lot of like the centrists when he did get elected initially, yeah, it was like he's he's, he's the cool okay. mayor. He's yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you because uh, he's young and he's hip, you know, and he's not know if extremist. He's hip. He does have Sam Presti glasses. Yeah, he's, he's, so. he's got the Presti glasses. So, yeah, yeah, he does look like. Oh, like uh, like if Presty was a movie star and this was just a kid in high school who saw him and thought he was really cool. I'm going to try to look like Presty. I don't. I think that's probably. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but so I think reason, a lot of people that like don't know shit about local politics. Though that is what you vote for for mayor oh, because yeah. it's like this yeah. guy looks cool. I don't yeah. know anything about him, but like his flyers are nice. Yeah, I haven't heard this person's name before. Why would I vote for them? Yeah. Like, well, I already know this name. Don't. Like it's it's not Coke versus Pepsi, guys. Like anyway, 
Sometimes it is. Uh, I more or less felt like that in a couple of congressional district races <laughs> I lived through. But uh, yeah, so uh, the reason I bring Bynum up, uh, and honestly, I don't know. I, I bet I have a couple of listeners in Tulsa, and so if so, please uh, holler at me. I, I wanted. To, I have friends in Tulsa. It's not that I don't know people in Tulsa, but I do want to get involved with uh, just to learn more uh, with some of the people on the ground who are, you know, people from like Housing Solutions and Mental Health Association Oklahoma and Tulsa. Those are organizations that work on housing. Um, uh, but Which, is that what you want to talk about regarding that, Bynum? I want, no, see, well, yeah, I do want to talk about Bynum, uh, his attack on homelessness. Like that's he uh, introduced this uh, nine step, uh, nine action step uh, program and policy uh, recommendation thing. He he published it recently, and it's uh, largely garbage. So uh, it's it's uh, we're both we've got this pulled up right now it, we're yeah. looking at it and there's uh, nine different steps and of course they start off with the ones where it sounds like mm-hmm. we're doing something good action step one emergency temporary housing mm-hmm. good great we'd love to hear it yeah action step two priority housing placement yes which I assume they already have um, by the way. It, it, what that means, uh, uh, here in Oklahoma City, our continuum of care um, operates in partnership with the city and the service providers, and we have a priority uh, list, a by-name list, and it's based on this diagnost- the diagnostic tool that most service providers uh, use, uh, which is called the VI-SPADATS Vulnerability Index uh, uh, service prioritization, et cetera. That's what it's a diagnostic test. And the higher that score, the higher your name goes on the list. Like, uh, because if your if your score is above twelve, and I think that I think the highest it goes is like sixteen, um, maybe. But if you're above twelve, you're in danger. And if you're at fourteen, you're in imminent danger um, by living outside. Like your life is on the line at that point. And so we do have housing placement prioritization here, and I'm pretty sure they have that in Tulsa too. I would have to talk with a couple of providers to clarify that. But but yeah, go ahead. I just want to point out what that means and that they probably have that already. I was going to say, on that note, yeah, it's like it's probably something that already exists, but he's saying like, hey, yeah, you know, like, like, I'm taking gonna, credit for this. Yeah, we're going to do this thing we've been doing. Um, action step three, low barrier shelter. Good. Good. Step. It's a step. Um, action step four, expanding animal accommodations. Good. Uh, for their day center and wash stations for pets. That's good. That's good. Now, after these first four <laughs> steps, this is where things take like a it's very a bad turn. Just, I mean, 180. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so action step five, open containers in city parks, which is basically to like bus people for drinking booze in city parks, mm-hmm. um, which... I think it even says, let's see, does it... it uh, no, it, it requests the uh, Parks and Rec basically to implement new... They're basically, they're asking the Parks Department to change their rules so that cops can intervene 
more legally. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, technically in Oklahoma, I mean, like when um, the or the booze laws changed. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever like we got like the high point yeah. beer and all yeah. that stuff, like what was it seven ninety two or whatever, yeah, whatever the state question like was. Um, so when that changed, so before that, like you could legally have a three point two beer open container in public on the street, <laughs> nothing higher than that, no wine or no liquor. So when that changed, they had to do like another kind of like addendum. Rule because at that point, since we weren't having three two beer no more, mm-hmm. um, street festivals right. couldn't sell beer, you know. And so, like, well, you know, if you're having a street fest, you know, or whatever, like, you've got to be able to still s- sell beer. Sell beer. Uh, and so, when that changed, now you can legally have high point beer or wine in public, right? Uh, no liquor. And they can also still bust you for, you know, like public intox if they want. Sure, sure. But like legally you can go to the park and drink a beer and, you know, as long as they can't, they're not busting you for an intox, uh, there's nothing they can do. And yeah. so by changing that, and then the, obviously the thing what they're right. doing with this yeah. though is the people that are going to whatever, like the gathering place in Tulsa or whatever, if you want to go to a picnic and you're bringing a bottle of rosé, they're not going to bother you. Care. If it's a steel reserve in a paper bag, uh-huh. they are going to bother you. Yes. And so it's like, it's clearly something that's going to be like enforced in a way that's like, it's targeted. And yeah, they're going to turn a blind eye to some people. But that, And I think it's like that here in Oklahoma City too. Uh, but they're labeling it, we're going to do this. But because like, I think, honestly, like if you and I... Uh, left here and walked over to McKinley Park and picked up a, co- a, a six pack of Tall Boys and we're sitting in the park. Cops ain't gonna say shit to uh-huh. us about it. Um, but if we had our sleeping bags and huge backpacks, our giant plastic trash bag full of our gear, and we were dirty, you're gonna and, get a baton on your shoulder, like, hey, hey buddy, what are you guys doing? Yeah. You need to, you know, you can't do that here. Uh, you guys got any warrants? Any of you a sex offender? That's kind of thing that they're gonna do, right? Uh, and this is what they're just codifying doing doing that. Uh, and and that's what the rest of these steps are basically like these kind of same things. The rest of these things are very, well, not all of them, but are very similar to Councilman Stonecipher's recent attempt to criminalize homelessness, right? So I go ahead. I, yeah. uh, we could just kind of like speed run through these, but yeah. uh, action step six, we've got trespassing on private property. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't that already just like an illegal it thing? It is illegal to, tra- to trespass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So stupid. Yeah. Um, but of course, it just means that they're going to be enforcing it, you know, well, more, more gonna, specifically. They're going to modify the penalty structure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, that's crucial to it. Oh, but that's, there are court-offered options and programs available. They already have, like, uh, just coincidentally, uh, uh, nope, you weren't with me. I was at lunch with somebody else. I apologize. But I ran into Judge Stoner, who's our drug court uh judge here they have a court uh in tulsa that kind of works like our drug court or our mental health court that's their their quote unquote homeless court basically um it is not exactly like ours is going to be when ours gets up and running but they do have service providers on hand to like connect with folks who are and these are kind of like super users basically but it's Again, it's easy to scrap out of it. I it, services in general like are so frequently offered on contingency 
and like act right and we'll give you what you need is pretty fucked up but also it's not very effective you know like because in the first place you could just like not arrest somebody for using the bathroom at a walgreens for not and they're not buying, they're not buying a anything. bottle of water or whatever and you could and you could potentially not arrest somebody for using the bathroom in the corner of a park because they don't have because the bathrooms aren't unlocked at the park yeah you know yeah things that we that homeless people get arrested for being homeless uh that kind of shit uh, it's easier it's, to do diversion when you're not putting people in the, you know, cheaper. if you are not, if you know, if you don't, if you don't have the thing where you're trying to arrest people for trespassing on private property, mm-hmm. then you yet, don't need that diversion program. Yeah. yeah. If we're not arresting every person that we see for being poor or, you know, for not, for not, not doing anything, uh, so yeah. on that note, the next one, we've got pu- action step seven, public right-of-way obstruction. Do you know what this is? Um, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a loitering thing, right? Where what it's is, like if you're, like you're on the sidewalk or something? More or less. It is the same as our Like if you're sleeping on a bench or something? Or that, is that, uh, that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, less that. More... Uh, Spanging, panhandling, flying a sign. Okay. Uh, they don't have curbside chronicle there, but curbside chronicle mm-hmm. this is just the same. I'm, it's not the same. I have my problems with curbside chronicle. I am not saying that selling the magazine is the same as flying a sign. It's not that different, but it's not the same. And so, don't run tell people that that's what I was saying. Uh, uh, but like, you couldn't effectively. It's very much like our panhandling ordinance was only it's a little bit more extreme the way it was written uh actually the way it was written prohibits people from like even if they were like a curbside vendor was at an appropriate location like at a corner not on a median Mm -hmm. or whatever and a car pulled up and they reached past the curb that's illegal according to their so this one does say it applies to streets alleys crosswalks Mm -hmm. sidewalks driveways or trails which Mm -hmm. is like any public you might space. need to go yeah yeah any way i'm sorry any thing that you would need to use in order to go somewhere on foot or in a mobility like device. a sidewalk yeah a sidewalk a crosswalk and this is it's just here's the opportunity to harass whoever you want and like we're gonna but you literally can't it. cross the street without worrying about exactly and and let me just say that this is again it, this is organized against the most vulnerable people in Tulsa, but don't think it won't be used against uh, protesters marching against police violence in Tulsa, because they're going to be using sidewalks, crosswalks, trails, pathways, etc. They might like, be obstructing them. This is exactly, well, this is how everything works here. Uh, and it's not just America, like, don't get me wrong. This is worldwide and throughout history. We're going to try this much and see how it goes. Okay, then we can. We know we can get away with that, and uh, we've already got that contention out of the way. So now let's take the next level down. Now the le- next until nobody is free to do anything except for precisely what the fascists want us to do. I was going to say it's that incremental like push mm-hmm. of fascism that we've been seeing for. This, I mean, especially strongly in the last. It's been several years. It's been super visible for the last decade. Uh, last two decades. God, I, time has collapsed on me. But yeah, the last two decades have become much more visible, uh, and it 
And it, it seems like the uh, timeline has been moved up in the last 10 years. <laughs> They're more brazen. And, uh, and because they have less to lose because yeah. they've already accrued this power. And this is what, when we see the abortion rights being stripped away here, when we see uh, not just protections for, uh, for our trans friends, family, and neighbors, uh, not just protections for being stripped away because they didn't have many protections to begin with, but being actually literally targeted by laws. Uh, that's what this is about. This, it's a little bit of it's a test balloon, but really they know they're probably going to succeed. And when they succeed, they can do more. And there are few people left to fight it, which is why it's so painful to try to decide whether or not you want to stay in a place like Oklahoma when you have children, uh, especially if you have a kid who's queer, or if you just are uh, a middle-aged dude who feels like you've put in your fucking time in a place that's just kicked you up and down the street for, for the whole time. Uh, I mean, this is like a much <laughs> broader conversation, but I do feel sometimes just like, where the fuck are you going to go in America now? You know, it's just uh -huh. like, you're just seeing like the, the way that just like every state, you know, is, right. uh, you know, the way like schools and everything, like everything. Right. I just feel like the whole world's on fire. It um, is. It is. And we're all going to die. Um, uh, so I guess we, let's wrap these up. We've yeah, got real quick, um, action step eight, private right of way enforcement. Um, so this says in requesting trespassing letters from ODOT and some of the other regional uh this is, authorities this is make sense to you what that is. Enforcing trespassing laws related to camping, sleeping, and littering, dumping, which so means... Enforcing the laws is different than making new ones, but it's not that different. Uh, I know that years ago, the homeless outreach team with the police here, uh, they would get called by the Santa Fe line uh, to try to roust camps uh, that were in their right-of-way. And... Uh, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to damage his reputation at his job for having a little bit of a heart, but uh, he told them, well, are you going to clear out this debris that's kind of dangerous over here? Once you get that taken care of, holler at us about the people who are camping out there. Well, this is like, now go, you officer, go clear that camp. It doesn't matter what, you know, and what they want is for, because the city of Tulsa has no say in what happens with ODOT right-of-ways, rail right-of-ways, uh, some other, um, what does it say here? Uh, uh, yeah, it's mainly train lines, but uh, they don't have any say. The Tulsa city government, the county government, they don't really have say in, in, in that stuff. So they want the Department of Transportation and these different rail lines to say, please uh, enforce trespassing laws on our on our property, because they it just it's a, a a dictate to arrest people who are homeless on our on our unused, unneeded space, you know, where people can't because there's nobody to fuck with them down there. Anyway, do you think I mean by like? I mean, I know a lot of this could it could just be like performative of just Tulsa saying like, "Look, we're trying to do this." I mean, is ODOT are they going to be like, "No, we've got other things to do," you know? Or like, oh, we're not gonna... like, no, they'll do it. Yeah, they don't. I'm, they don't. They don't have a dog in the fight except for not not having. It's easier if the city 
is cooperative with them. And mm -hmm. so since this means nothing to them, same with the uh, rail lines, but like just some lackey in the legal department will sign a form letter and send it, it's fine, you know? So yeah, they, they will, uh, they will go along with it uh, for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what's the last one is- We've got action step nine, consistent approach to public safety, which this is like, I mean, just that title right oh, there is one of the like the you know oh, it's Orwellian yeah um, it says directive to Tulsa police to apply laws consistently regardless of housing status well you know how we're constantly letting these homeless people get away with everything that's I, totally what that means I, I, I mean to, to, to be like cops you know, like now, it's like, you know, you guys have been really lenient. You've been a little too lenient about how you think about housing status. So, like, maybe could you just, <laughs> you know, just be a little more consistent about that. Right. And so it just sounds like it's just giving cops, like, it's like, you you know, we know. Yeah. Uh, it's super frustrating. And so, again, if you, if you, a listener, happens to be a be in Tulsa, uh, reach out to me. I'd like to talk some more about this stuff. But also, you know, like, let's don't reinvent the wheel in Tulsa. Like, there are already people doing the work of housing. There are already people doing the work of harm reduction. Uh, there are already people doing advocacy work, doing activism. Uh, go join them. Go find who they are and pitch in with them. Don't try to start your own thing because just one person is the strength in numbers and we can all get on board with this. And if there's any way to you and Tulsa, if there's any way I can help, please, again, reach out. Um, that uh, really kind of went over time, which is cool uh, because we, I, we, I was frustrated before we started. I felt like I was bunging everything up. So um, I want to thank again, thank you, Lucas, so much for being here today. And we look forward to uh, Lucas is going to be a regular co-host on here, of course, so because he's like my brother. So um, uh, I mean, my brother actually isn't going to be a regular co-host on here, but I might try to get my brother to come on yeah, here. Sometime. Sure. He's, he's fun. I mean, we're not obviously he's a minister and I'm who I am, uh, but uh, but we really get along well, and we have some. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun to have him on. Anyway, uh, <laughs> a little distraction. So uh, thank you for being here, and thank you at home for listening. Um, please subscribe, uh, leave a review, uh, and give us a rating, but only if they're good reviews and good ratings. If you don't like this podcast delete it don't listen and keep that shit to yourself we don't need to know about why you didn't like it um if you want to support uh this podcast and just in general the endeavor that is oklahoma uh, oklahoma c-span i almost said okay c-span um please consider signing up on patreon to become a monthly uh supporter um I would love for this podcast to get to a point where uh, where my co-hosts and I made any money at all from it would be pretty <laughs> cool. I mean, like, even if that was just, like, to pay Stephen for equipment and stuff. But uh, so consider that, if you will. Um, otherwise, uh, 
we'll be back next week uh, with another episode. Uh, and maybe that one will have Lucas on it. And maybe it won't. We'll see. <laughs> Lucas, thanks for coming, man. Thanks for having me. All right. I love you, bro. Love you, too. All right. And I love you all at home. I love you. Goodbye. This has been the OKC Span Podcast. Produced by Mostly Harmless Media. Theme music by the incredible Nate Ward. <laughs>